Welcome to Crosspoint Community Church. We meet every Sunday exploring the practical, transforming, and relevant teaching of the Bible by doing life together. Visit our website at crosspointonline.org to learn more. Now, get ready for a powerful message from God's Word. Last week, we started a series uh, entitled uh, Real Faith for Rough Times. And we are in the book of James. And uh, uh, Gordon Brooker, Gordon, he's going to be uh, fact-checking me on the book of James since their group is studying the book of, of James. And so, uh, uh, Gordon, keep me, keep me honest on this. But um, real faith for rough times. Now, I think this is pretty timely, especially today for Auburn, Georgia, and Braves fans. Oh, my goodness. And tech. And tech. And tech. I mean, my goodness. Whoo. Yeah. All right. Uh, but really what this whole series is about is uh, how to make it through rough times. And uh, all of us are there. We've experienced it. Uh, we're living in some pretty rough times right now uh, in uh, the United States, but nothing like what a lot of people uh, and especially believers across the world uh, are experiencing. But, you know, God shows us in His Word, He never leaves us to our own, how to live and to really even thrive in tough times uh, because of His goodness and His grace. But also, it's taking a look at how these rough times uh, are used by God to grow us. So they're not by accident. It's very practical, as God always is when it comes to living out our life. Now, unlike the Braves, the Bulldogs, uh, the Yellow Jackets, the War Eagles, and so many uh, uh, this past weekend, the men of the herd had some good times. Woohoo! All right, good times. Can I hear it from our in-person guys? Good times. Yeah. All right, so Lord help us all, you know. Okay. All right, so the... Uh, we had our men's get, uh, got to go to Grady getaway uh, down and, and just absolutely beautiful. And uh, so we, we experienced some uh, great fellowship. We experienced some even better food uh, and uh, some absolutely beautiful weather uh, together over this weekend. And, and it was just a lot of fun. But I tell you what, you know, there's always just a, a little iffy when you take some city folks down to, to the country. Uh, uh, and that's especially true for Aaron because, see, he didn't understand that not everything is paid. I've got a picture here to show you what happens uh, when uh, Aaron gets a hold of the school bus. He, he about ran it in the creek. You see, see what's going on right there? Oh, my goodness. And so there we are trying to dig our way because we let Aaron drive the bus. You know, that's all right. There's an, there's another one there. Um, yeah. And that's me on the tractor trying to say, actually, uh, let's hold it right there for a minute. But actually, the deal is, is uh, for those of you that don't know, this school bus is the hunting uh, It's the hunting quarters. That's what we hunt out of uh, down there. Or at least what I do. Uh, because I don't like cold, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But it's a gutted out school bus, and it's right by the creek. We've got a green field on the other side, and uh, all the um, 
years of uh, it being flooded out down there had the school bus leaning about to fall into the creek. And so the guys, the men of the herd helped me and especially David, give it up for David. Uh, and we lifted that thing up and I know it don't look beautiful, but uh, it's got a couch and some, you know, swivel chairs in there. And I could lay down and sleep while my kids, you know, uh, hunt. But anyway, so, but it was just fun. We've got a story to tell, uh, no insurance claims. Uh, and so that's, that's really good right there. Uh, but an, another good thing is, uh, as most, uh, everybody on Facebook, Zoom, uh, in part, you know that uh, for the last three months, I've been going down there and doing the daddy care and, uh, uh, it's been quite an ordeal, but uh, we got through, we got, men of the herd, you hadn't heard this, but we got we got done, the guys left, uh, I went in to uh, check on dad, because we've got our home care folks there, but I went to check on dad and said, have you eaten? And, he, and uh, they said, no, he didn't want to eat lunch, you know, uh, earlier, and I went, well, man, you got to get some food in you. And, uh, and then I said, let's, what do you want? And uh, he said, I want to go to the restaurant. Now, you know, uh, you know, the walking has been horrendous and all that kind of stuff, but uh, the last two weeks has been pretty amazing. I said, all right, get him dressed. I'm going to go get the car, and we're going to go and check out. Is that the next? No, this is another. Look at there. There's Red uh, at Red's Little Schoolhouse. Uh, and uh, with Gwen, our angel, our home care angel there on the left, um, uh, we love her, but... Um, it was just a, an amazing, uh, amazing time to be able to just fellowship with our guys and then also just see dad just uh, do it. Thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you for your encouragement. It's been uh, just a whole lot of fun. Now, speaking of Grady, uh, some of you can, y'all see these Jesus 2020 <laughs> signs behind me. I'm not trying to get political on this, but let me just tell you, if we need, G if we ever need Jesus, we need Jesus now. And so, uh, you know, this was, this was birth, this whole kind of movement was birth down there in, in Grady, Alabama. And, and they just, just started giving them an opportunity to share Jesus, you know, with people. Uh, doesn't matter, you know, what your political uh, leaning is, we need Jesus. And uh, so uh, these are back here, but also to let you know that if you, if you want to let people know they need Jesus, we've got some more of these signs. You can pick it up today. Uh, they're somewhere. Um, do you know where the signs are? Uh, Michelle told me. I think they may be out there. I'll find them. But if you want one, come see me after the service. And uh, it may be an opportunity for you to just remind people uh, that they, they need Jesus. Now, speaking of Jesus, uh, he is so faithful and so good. He is the great physician. And um, we continue to get updates uh, from Phil and Pam Hoover, who is out in Arizona, and, and most of you know, uh, Phil flew out there uh, to uh, for you know it's his job, and got sick as a dog. He's had two surgeries, and it's been quite an ordeal. Pam flew out there to be with him. Uh, it was uh, it was shaky there for a while, uh, but uh, we continue to get those updates. But this morning was just a, a, a fresh reminder from Pam, uh, just how how true God's word is. Um, you know, one of my life verses is Psalm 34, 18. Uh, God is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. And uh, she, her text messages are a testimony 
of just how close in this very scary and difficult time that Jesus is to her. Uh, he is so close. You know, and, and the amazing thing is, it's often in times like this, rough times, that God is closer than he's ever been to us. Uh, and, uh, well, it's not because of him, but it's because we're turning and we're receiving all of his goodness and grace. But continue to keep uh, Phil and Pam in your prayers, and we're hoping to get them home uh, this week. All right. All right. Anybody else? Did I miss anything that I, that I need to make us aware of before we get going in God's wonderful word? Uh, we've got... Uh, We've got some guests here today. It's wonderful. Um, not going to point, but Rich, you, you're used to this. But uh, from the Georgia uh, Mission Board, uh, thank you for being here. Uh, he's here. He's kind of like the 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 police to make sure that we're not doing. So y'all be nice. Hey, Zoom people, y'all do whatever you want to because he can't see you. Facebook folks, y'all whatever. But y'all behave right here. Uh, so glad to have you. Thankful for what you do. Uh, part of his territory is Alabama, too, so we're going to be doing some talking. Yeah, you got to go to Red's Little Schoolhouse Restaurant, okay? Now, I'm going to tell you all about that later. Um, all right, so we're going to grab your Bible. Let's, uh, and for you Zoom folks, if you don't have yours, grab it. Turn, turn uh, in to the book of James, chapter 1. This is week 2 of rough, uh, Real Faith for Rough Times. And um, uh, we're going to look at a few verses together. But last week, you know, we began by, by this, uh, looking at those first verses, very, very brief, quick introduction by James, you know, didn't even acknowledge, you know, that, uh, uh, that he was uh, Jesus' half-brother, but uh, just a servant, you know, of the Lord. And then he just, you know, no pleasantries, he just gets right down to it with this radical statement to consider it pure joy. You know, whenever we face trials and difficulties and rough times, and so it's it's one of those uh, kind of uh, pause and let's really think about what what he's saying, uh, because that's not our natural or our worldly response. He says, "I want you to consider it pure joy when you face these." And then he gave us the reasons, and really the takeaway for us as followers of Jesus Christ is simply this: God is. Uh, inviting us and challenging us to trust God's promise. Trust God's promise that He will never leave or forsake us, uh, that He is always at work, and that He will fulfill His purpose for us. So when these difficulties, uh, no matter how devastating they may be, when they come into our life, um, uh, we know that God will fulfill His purpose for our life. So, and therefore we can switch perspectives, not the worldly perspective, but we can choose God's perspective. So it's all about continuing to live out that trust in God. Uh, but then he got, went right into this whole aspect of the only way that we're going to be able to do that is have godly wisdom. And so we need to ask God uh, for his perspective. Uh, and so instead of leaning on what others have to say, instead of leaning on uh, what we feel, we go immediately to God and we ask Him for wisdom, and we trust that He will provide it. Because He says, if you don't, if you don't really believe that God is a good, good Father, then don't expect Him to answer it all. I mean, if you're wavering, you know, as far as like I'm keeping another option open, 
You know, if I don't, if I don't like what I think God wants me to do, then I, at least I got a plan B. James is saying, don't, uh-uh, Mm-mm. don't go there. Because it's Jesus uh, first, foremost, and only when it comes to our response in these times. And then he says, you know, in verse 12, when we do that, there is such blessings that come into our life. Now, we're going to look at this, uh, this particular uh, passage that follows uh, the, what we were looking at last week. And it begins with verse 9 after he says, you know, consider it joy uh, as you're going through this. Ask God for wisdom. Now, let's um, look at uh, what James says, begin with verse 9. He said, the brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position. But the one who is rich should take pride in his low position because he will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant, its blossoms falls, and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich man will fade away even while he goes about his business. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we just thank you so much for this beautiful day. We thank you. Uh, for the opportunity that we have to, to come and sit at your feet, Jesus. Abba, Father, Creator, today, uh, as we gather, we, we've come here uh, in the brisk uh, coolness of this morning, of your, of your many, many blessings. And yet, Lord, um, you want us to go deeper still to understand, Lord, where you're at work, how you're at work in the world, and how that relates to us and in our lives personally. So today, I pray that your living word would do a great work in us, and that we would, as James says, we would be doers of your word, and not just hearers only. And as a result of our time together today, whether here in person, Zoom, or Facebook, as a result of coming together today, gathering before you, our King, our Lord, our Savior, Lord, that we would know you better and love you more. For we make it our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So um, the, the, those of you that are, uh, you know, You've been hanging out here for a while. You know that I'm uh, yakking all the time about Grady, Alabama. You know, you hear all the Grady stories, all the country stories, all the L.A. stories. Uh, and I'm, I'm just constantly uh, talking about, you know, growing up on the farm in Grady, Alabama. And, you know, and I'm trying to get you all to go down there and all that kind of stuff. But you might be a little bit surprised to know uh, that, Earlier in my life, in my teenage years, and um, I don't know, maybe before that, uh, I was quite honestly embarrassed and a little bit ashamed to have people come to where I grew up. Uh, isn't that crazy? Uh, 
you know, because, um, you know, I'd been around and I'd seen, a, you know, where a lot of the other people lived. And, you know, I don't know, I don't know what, you know, our house was. It was, you know, a 1,300 square foot little brick house, you know, but, you know, in the middle of a pasture. And we had, you know, a mule and cows and all that kind of stuff. And, um, but uh, quite honestly, I was, uh, yeah, I, I had seen uh, bigger and better. And then when I went off to college, uh, there was second thoughts, you know, as I made friends there, uh, I would go come to Atlanta. I can remember some trips to Atlanta and I'd go to these big old mansions and I'd be going like, kind of like what we live in now, you know, it's like, I'd be going like, whoa, I was starry. I had never seen anything like that, you know? And, and then, you know, it's like, okay, uh, when it came my time to, you know, like, Hey, go home and just invite some folks. There, were, there was initially a little bit of pause. Now, why in the world would I feel like that? Well, I'll tell you, it's because I'd been baptized by WorldThink. I, I, I was um, lured by the subtle, silent, and, and really wicked pull of the standards of this world. Measuring things by what the world values, what the world prioritizes. So I was looking at the measure of my life based on the world and world thing. And, and, and what, you know, so often gets the attention and, and so often is applauded by so many. You know, I, I can remember times when I would sit down and have conversations with people and they would tell me, you know, how they had their life planned out so they could retire, you know, at 40 years old, you know, and enjoy all this kind of stuff. And they were waiting for this big applause. And yet there was nothing about spirituality in any of that. It's so amazing how we can be allured by the world. And the reason is, is because we live in it right now, every second of every day. It, it, it is a constant pull in, in, in our lives. And so, it, 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 as I grew, I began to realize, you know, wait a minute. It was there, um, a lot of our herd guys, you know, it was there at on that property, it was there on Dream Hill, the back 40. Uh, it, it was there in that, in that place where I encountered God, where I met Jesus. It was there even in my teenage years that I came to really know what it meant to have a personal and intimate relationship with Jesus. You know, it was there... Uh, that I was challenged to grow in my faith. It was there that I've had some of the most precious time. I can, I can remember in my college years that when I made that transition from, you know, thinking I was going to be a veterinarian two and a half years at Auburn in pre-veterinary medicine, that I said, whoa, God's calling me a different direction. And so I didn't go to school and I was just, I was there on the farm working and uh, all of my friends had been removed from me and I was feeling kind of alone and God just made it very clear. He says, I want the first and number one and always the highest priority relationship to be with me. And I want you to be satisfied with me. That all happened at this place where earlier I was a little bit embarrassed 
to bring people into. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that sad? Well, it's here in this particular passage, and I think it's very interesting that it's, he's talking about, you know, he says humble circumstance. He's saying poor, you know, just dirt poor or, or rich, just filthy rich. There's a reason I think we call it filthy rich. Um, but that it's interesting that this particular, these few verses fall right between uh, this passage, you know, this exhortation on wisdom and right before temptation. Right after verse, uh, verses 5 through 8, where he's saying, oh, ask God for wisdom. He begins now to talk about the rich, being rich in this world and poor in this world. And then he also, in verse 13, begins to talk about temptation. Uh, I, I think that what this is saying is in both of these scenarios, whether we are rich in this world or we are dirt poor in this world, we need God's wisdom. We need God's wisdom on how to navigate our life, rich or poor. And both of these come, both of these scenarios come with enormous temptation. You can be poor and boy, there are going to be temptations. There's going to be temptations. And you can be rich and there's going to be lots and lots of temptations. So he's coming in and, and I think he's saying as followers of Jesus Christ uh, here and, and which these hearers of this particular word, you know, that they, they could relate more to the poor end of the, uh, of the deal. Uh, and they had been scattered out, you know, all around Asia Minor. And uh, he, he is saying, I want you to take pride. Some versions say, I want you to boast in your high position. Uh, and then he says those that are rich, I want you to boast and take pride in your low position. Now, it's in this that I think God is calling on me and you as followers of his there's a, just a couple of action items I want to share with us. And number one is this. God has called on me and you as followers of Jesus Christ to reverse the curse. There is a curse. <laughs> Even though this is God's beautiful, wonderful creation, uh, ever since the fall, there's been this curse. And he's calling on me and you to join him in reversing that. Reverse the curse. Uh and to enable people to experience God's perspective. And uh, that's the only way that we're going to do that is, is live by God's perspective that he has for us. Uh, and so he's saying here, you know, as a brother in humble circumstances, uh, you do it by taking pride in this high position that you have. Now, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians Chapter 2, verse 4 through 7. He said, I want, I want you to, to live in this uh, reality. Ephesians 2, this heading of all this is how we are made alive in Christ. Because even though that we're in this, in this world, the land uh, that we're familiar with, we call the land of the living. It's really the land of the dying. But he's saying you're, you're alive, made alive in Christ. Look at verse 4. For it says, but because of His great love for us, 
God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. He's saying, live in the reality, get the perspective of how rich you are. If you, were not, if you don't have the means that so many people in the world have around us, you know, and, and especially in America, uh, this view that we have, this perspective is so distorted. He said, I want you to focus on what true riches it really is. I want you to live in the reality of that. And I want you to join me in helping to reverse this curse. And uh, there's several ways that we do that. Is one is the Church of Jesus Christ being the community, the body of Christ. Is is that we do life together, no matter what, no matter what, uh, what means that people have. That that's one of the reasons that we are very intentional about even our partnership with Homestretch. You know, is there the, the, many of those people are in very difficult and rough times that are being ministered to there. And God is saying, listen, in Him, the, we are one. We are one. And there's no separation. And, and we need to stop using the measurements and the standards of the world uh, to relate to people. We, we need to look at His perspective, get His perspective in this. Now, and He's saying, if, you, if you're poor, I want you to savor and I want you to uh, embrace this high position that you have in me. All right, we're going to talk about how to do that in just a minute, but for, he says for the rich, for the rich, <laughs> I, I want you to take pride. I want you to boast about your low position. What? Yeah. Um, and then, and then he begins to explain that. He says, for the sun arises with scorching heat and withers the plant. It, its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. Uh, I think it was uh, Friday that uh, we were going around trying to set up some stuff. And one of the things that we do um, uh, down at the, the Grady Getaway, got to go to Grady Getaway, is um, we let the guys uh, get a little redneck and we do a lot of shooting. And I, I did learn. I did learn this uh, because Linton is Linton is Linton on here. Uh, I did learn that there, that when you say gun, uh, that's not the. I just I just always yeah. There see you see Linton the back of Linton right there. He's trying to instruct people uh, on what's going on. He's trying to tell that's Steve in the orange shirt, and he's trying to tell Steve how to shoot a gun. Um, he never learned. He never learned it. So, but, the, you know, I thought guns with gun. No, he said, no, no, no. A gun is a shotgun. A rifle's a rifle. And a pistol's a pistol. And I just, I always thought a gun could be any of it. So I'm going to go with guns. Anyway, so we go down and we're setting up all these targets. We get, we get, we get, uh, I had a toilet lid down there. 
you know, we have microwaves. We have uh, we have political signs. Not not that not Jesus say not Jesus twenty twenty sign. No, but I don't know where these came from. We stood. Up, we have all kind of stuff out there. So we set them up, you know, anywhere from 50 yards to 75 to 100 to down to 200. And I think there was one 250. Um, anyway, so it's just all down through. Hey, bring that. See this? You see those signs and stuff down there? Yeah, way down there. And, and can you imagine to the right of that, all the way down at the bottom, is where uh, Aaron got the bus stuck? Oh, yeah. Can, why would he be driving down there anyway? I don't understand. Y'all talk to him. But anyway. Um, but, but, uh, Brant Bateman and I were driving down through there, you know, lo looking for some of this stuff and we got a big dump down there. We just pull stuff out of, we got these flats and crates and we put target all, you know, anyway, and there's these most beautiful flowers, you know, in the pasture. I mean, beautiful, beautiful daisies. And, and these purple, I don't even know what all these things are. And they're just growing. These are just wildflowers, you know, that are growing up. And then on the bottom, there are some of the most exotic, beautiful flowers that just grow up there with all the weeds and all that kind of stuff. And I'm going, look, look at all this. But you know what I do to those things? I bush hog them down. Yeah, I, you know, well, I'm getting rid of the bad and the good. I hate it. I kind of feel bad about it. Every now and then I'll take a picture of how pretty they are, but I'll still bush hog them down. I just bush hog them down. And, and, and God's saying, I want you to kind of have this perspective. You can be beautiful. You can have all of this wealth and all this riches in this moment. And then it's all be gone. So what are you basing your trust on? What are you living for? Um, you know, what's, what's really, you know, Im important to you? D don't put your trust in that. Enjoy and go enjoy God's blessings. Um, but don't, don't let that be what is your main pursuit because it's going to fade. And the time that we spend here in this world uh, is just a vapor. It's just so short. And then we'll be able to experience God's eternal riches. All right. So here's a couple of questions that I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to help you process. You ready? Number one, ask him, say, Father, how much time am I being ruled, swayed, driven by worldly stuff? You know, how much energy, effort, resource is being dictated by this stuff that's just going to be bush hogged down? It's here today, gone tomorrow. That's just really not that important. And just ask him, just say, oh, I'm asking you to, to help me. Give, give me your perspective on this. And, and, and I want to challenge you to this. Is if you're really courageous, maybe ask somebody that really knows you and loves you. Say, what do you think? Number two. 
And, and you ask yourself this question, ask him to help you to be honest about this. How much of my conversation is driven by the things of this world? As by, the, uh, you know, as opposed to the things that, that, that truly last. And, and I, I'll tell you this, this is what we know. I mean, this is where we live, yeah, obviously. Um, every day, you know, and it's what we relate to right now. It's the, the here and now. Uh, and every day we're exposed um, to all, all of this stuff. And we're teased by all of this stuff. And we see it in media and social media and all that kind of stuff. And it's just before us. And, you know, the, the advertisements, the, the cars and the suits and the exotic vacations, the fine jewelry, the glamorous, glamorous candlelight dinner, all this stuff. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's there. Um, and, and there's some good stuff to talk about. I mean, ask me about Grady, I, I, about this weekend, I'll tell you all about it. I'll tell you what a, you know, bad, you know, I feel sorry for Steve, he can't shoot a gun. You know, I'll tell you, I'll give you all the details. No, I'm just kidding, Steve's good. Don't cut me off, please. He's, uh, you know, I mean, I'll tell you all about it. But, you know, the, 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 really the, the issue comes down into uh, to what's got, you know, my heart, you know, what am I living for? And here's kind of a challenge on that. You know, let's be careful about talking too much about our materialistic stuff and exploits. You know, and we need to be especially sensitive, you know, and, and we need to be so others-minded that we're sensitive to their situation too. Um, and, and, you know, and maybe here's the challenge. What about praying about this, about giving equal time and equal passion to our eternal indulgences? You know, tell us what really matters most. Because here, here, here's, here's the convicting thing. Um, too often I see eyes sparkle when talking about these worldly escapades, but then those same eyes glazing over and those mouths locking up when asked about their heavenly riches. Mm. And just say, Lord, thank you that there's therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ. But if, if there's a tinge of conviction, that's the Lord saying, hey, hey, <laughs> I want you to know this is this is not your home. You, you are a sojourner here. Understand that sin has separated us from God and only Jesus Christ can change that. And yet Jesus, when you got Jesus, you got everything. 
You've got everything, no matter if you're rich or you're poor. Because now we are in the land of the dying going to the land of the living. And God has called us to grow in that and to be his ambassadors to enable others to know Jesus. You know, why is it that Why is it that 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 matters most? Why is it so easy for us to be able to to talk about all this and yet struggle so much in talking about Jesus? Um, You know, I am a Christian. I am a believer. I know Jesus Christ is my personal Lord and Savior because someone intentionally chose to resist these incentives of riches and rather invest in heavenly riches because somebody took the time to say, I want to tell you about what truly makes you rich. And it wasn't about what they had or where they went or what they ate, but it was about their Savior. It was about their Lord. God's called me and you to join Him in in reversing the curse, and only with Jesus will that ever happen. Let's pray together. Father, we just come and we thank you for your word. We thank you for this powerful reminder that we are um, we are just sojourners here. Lord, forgive us for how we are allured uh, by the things of this world and how we so often give so much time, effort, and attention. to to what's going to pass away, what's going to be burned up. And today, sweet Jesus, I pray that, um, that you, through the power of your presence, your word and your Holy Spirit, that you just lavish the truth of your sweet riches, that we can be made alive in you when we were dead in our trespasses and sin. And that we can live with joy, even in rough times, because we know that we know that you will fulfill your purpose for us. That you are always at work. And now, Father, I pray that if there's anyone here in this room that's joining us via Zoom or Facebook, if there's anyone, Lord, that's uncertain about their relationship with you, Lord, that they would settle that now because these promises are only for those who have trusted you, have acknowledged that they need you and have trusted you as their personal Lord and Savior. So if you're... If you're listening right now and and you're uncertain about that, you can be because 
the Spirit of God will speak to you. The Word of God will reveal to you your need for Jesus. And all you have to do is to acknowledge that your sin has separated you from God and therefore, then turn to Jesus and trust Him. What He has done for you and then trust Him to empower you as He places His life in you to live each and every day filled with joy and confidence. If that's you, you may just want to pray a prayer prayer like this. Jesus, thank you so much for loving me so much that you entered this old world and that you lived and you died for me. You took my sin that separates me from the Father on yourself on the cross And I trust that, and rather than what I can do or or religion or anything, I trust you, Jesus. And I ask you to come into my life. I don't understand it all, but I need you. And I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior right now. A prayer like that, meant from your heart, will change your eternity. It will change everything. For those of us as followers of Christ, maybe you've journeyed with him for a couple of years, 10 years, 40 years, 50 years. Today he's inviting you to, to renew your commitment to, to living by faith and not by sight and to join him in reversing the curse. To be able to give equal time to sharing the love and the goodness of God, the sacrifice of Jesus and the fact that he is not a historical figure, but he's a living Lord. Join him today and experience what he says in that 12th verse, blessed is the man, woman, child who perseveres under trial. Because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that our Father has promised to those who love him. Father, may you be glorified through our response to you today. And we make it our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CCC Roswell. Learn more and find ways to get plugged in at Crosspoint by visiting our website, crosspointonline.org. There, you could drop us a line or submit a prayer request. Like what you hear? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next week.